0: Ever-present pursuit of entertainment, education, and some adjective to be named later. The Homestarmy proudly presents Trekwest Five, a conglomerate podcast of science fiction, politics, humor, and pretty much whatever else we want to talk about. Trekwest Five is brought to you in part by RocketWebDesign.com, custom web design at template website prices. Designs by DD.blogspot.com. your online home for all your digital scrapbooking needs. Need a home along the Wasatch Front? Contact Lisa De DeBajere with Kirkham and Friends Real Estate. No one will work harder for your home. And thehomestormy.com, blogging to the world since 2004. Your hosts for Trek Quest Five are Joey and Peter. Good evening and welcome to podcast movie special Groundhog Day. I am Peter and I am Joey. Good evening and welcome to podcast movie special Groundhog Day. I am Peter and I am Joey <laughs> and I got it right that time. You did. Good thing I gave you two takes at it, right? So we were, you were record- silently
1: cursing me, but you I, needed the second take. I
0: did. I did need the second <laughs> take. So anyway, we actually started recording uh, about uh, three minutes ago, and then Joey was like, "Oh wait." I didn't hit record. (laughs) I didn't hit record. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I could hear it. It sounded great. Uh, (laughs) I didn't
1: press the record button.
0: Oh, well. Uh, Anyway, welcome back, everyone. Uh, Glad that uh, you could uh, return to us. We're doing a movie special because um, we needed to have a little buffer because we're not going to be able to record next week. Um, This time it's my fault. It's it's not actually Joey's fault. (laughs) For once. (laughs) Um, Although I'm sure he still did something wrong. In all of this. well
1: so you you were mentioning that you're going to be at a service project kind of thing
0: yeah yeah uh, the congregation where I go to church um, we do a service auction every year to raise money for a charity called sub for Santa which is where we raise money to purchase gifts for kids who might not actually have a Christmas um, and so we raise a lot of money um, the last year I think the total was somewhere between twelve to fourteen thousand a we We bought Christmas, I think, for a hundred and forty or a hundred and fifty kids nice essentially yeah. um and it's not like it's super elaborate, but it's things that they need, and you know it's gifts for kids who wouldn't have anything at gotcha. all yeah um and so I'm gonna be busy you know helping to organize and run that and uh so yeah it, it's a good reason to miss recording that week I think but anyway I wanted to I didn't want to jump into Battlestar Galactica then have a break and then jump back in so I said look let's just let's do a movie podcast and here we are
1: hey you you should put my kids down on the sub for Santa list this year because they have not been good enough to get gifts from us (laughs) (laughs) that's how it works right (laughs) kids who've been I'm, bad get uh, gifts from some for santa kids who've been good get gifts from santa
0: for, for the sake of moving on i'm just gonna say yes that's how it works but you've already destroyed christmas for your kids by telling them that there is no santa claus
1: i didn't destroy anything yes you did i gave them oh, the opportunity yes, you did. to appreciate the holiday for your what hero really
0: J.R.R. tolkien loved christmas and loved santa specifically he wrote a book about all yeah, of his sure. exploits with Santa. I don't know if you ever read it or not. Sure. Um, but uh, anyway, aside from the point, we're going to be getting into Battlestar Galactica. A heads up for you, we're going to start with the little mini-series thing that they did before. Uh, we actually jump into the proper beginning. I don't know, whatever you call it. We'll let you know. We'll send out an email, preferably the day, you know, several days before instead of, you know, the day before like it was today. Um and so yeah, look forward to that we're we're going to be hopefully joined by some new people to to you know bring their voice. All right, Joey, any announcements? What do you got? Pete, what's the status of our Kickstarter campaign? Status of the Kickstarter campaign? On hold. <laughs> no, uh, I forgot about some, some things, but I went and I pulled that link that you gave me to work on the, the wording. Okay. So I'll take another swing at it and I'll send it over to you and maybe we'll just throw the silly thing up and right. be done. We We had some ideas for... Recording a movie or a a little video intro, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, It's really not. It
1: requires a level of organization that is never going to come out of either one of us.
0: (laughs) No. No, it's not. We're we're lucky to watch the episode sometimes. Um, Okay. Announcements. You're moving. I am. This weekend. You're
1: going to help me, right?
0: Uh, wait, what? <laughs> I do do not remember discussing this.
1: Oh, it must have been uh, alternate Pete that I was discussing. This
0: <laughs> with. Uh, yeah, of course, uh, we're going to be going down. You've already done most of the work. We yeah, just got just the furniture. big stuff, yeah. so we'll we'll take care of that this weekend. I'm at the new job. Everything's going well. I actually have work to do. Unlike the first week they had me there, where <laughs> I was literally twiddling my thumbs sometimes. Anyway, I've got some work. I'm I'm happier now. Um, I've got an announcement from my friend, John Madsen, okay. who might be able to hear me. So I'm going to speak like this. Right. He's just upstairs right now. <laughs> um, but I recently told him about a podcast I listened to that I mentioned to all of the rest of you, Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. There is, uh, two episodes that he is going to love. And I don't I don't think he's listened to them yet because he didn't mention it. Uh, but Nichelle Nichols, um... Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, Lieutenant Uhura. Oh, okay. Uh, Thanks. He had her on, and he talks with her um, about science and NASA specifically because what I didn't know, she had a huge role in helping to bring diversity through race and gender into NASA um, during the 80s. Interesting. Had a huge, huge part of that. Um, She helped specifically bring in certain astronauts uh, that... uh, So she's more than a pretty face. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, Anyway. A bunch of feathers. Great, great story. I recommend you guys download that podcast. Again, that's uh, Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, And... Anyway, it's just look for the one that's got Nichelle Nichols in it. You'll no, love it. You'll you'll really really enjoy it. It's great.
1: I also checked out a podcast this week that uh, that I quite enjoyed, which was Film Spotting. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, I, I listened to one whole podcast and part of another one, and. Those guys really bring it. I mean, they they do some really thoughtful analysis of the things that they're watching. So if you hadn't heard of it before, I I'd I'd seen your friend John Madsen wearing the Film Spotting t-shirt and thought it was a fake thing, because he wears (laughs) fake thing t-shirts. It's actually the
0: best podcast on the internet. I don't know about podcasts not on the internet, but best one on the internet. (laughs) I would say Film Spotting is
1: super. It was pretty good. I I still think ours is a little bit better, but... (laughs) Film spotting was also
0: good. It, yours is better in that I get to see it live, <laughs> so that's something. Cool. Anyway, John, take care. Be safe out there. Remember, uh-huh. remember who you are, what you stand for. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, anything else to talk about? I, I think we're good. Okay. Why don't we go ahead and do Facebook Find of the Week?
1: Okay. Uh, It it clearly has to go to the Don't Interrupt Flute Practice (laughs) (laughs) posted by Listener Fish said That was the funniest thing I've seen in weeks.
0: That was so hilarious. (laughs) It's like, Captain,
1: you have to help us in the are attacking. All right, I hear you, number one. And then he goes back to playing the flute. (laughs) Badly. Playing the
0: flute badly. Although, Um,
1: actually, I think that's more of a recorder than a flute.
0: uh, Yeah, yeah, probably. Anyway, what... what, Nonetheless, it was very funny. Fishhead did a great job in finding it and sharing it up on the Facebook wall. So thank you very much, Fishhead. He also found another one that I, th- it's a, in my opinion, it's a very very close runner up, which was the Christina Hendricks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the music video. The music video, which she's not actually singing in it, but you know, as the video part of it, she's there. Um, I th- I liked the music out of it. It's kind of a a mix of piano and orchestral and then a little bit of techno stuff kind of weaving its way in there. I
1: I found the music a little busy for my my taste.
0: Oh, I loved it. I loved it cuz it went right along the the person who put the story together of the video. Sure. Did did a good job of yeah. pairing it up and That was good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it cuz
1: well, I should have known that Matt Aaron and Ben, the three brothers that are just a few years around me, I should have known that they played the flute, but apparently None of them tried it for very long. They just played it for okay, a little while. Sure, uh, I actually played it for three years. But uh, you know, we, so we got talking about you know. So how did you get into the flute? Well, my dad told us this story about uh, he. Please
0: don't say this one time at band camp.
1: No, 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 no. He wanted to play. Uh, well, he wanted to join the military when he was the, when he was younger. There was a big drive, a big push to get young men to sign up for the military. And he saw a poster that had a boy playing the drum, a boy playing the piccolo and a boy carrying the flag. And that that was one of the campaigns that they pushed out there. And he had decided very young Oh, yeah, I'm going to learn to play the piccolo and I'm going to go play the piccolo in the military in, in the US Army. <laughs> and uh, his school didn't have the piccolo as an option. So he played the flute because that was a fairly close instrument. And he was supposed to, you know, he's like, oh, I'll be able to go to the piccolo from the flute and then realized or discovered older, you know, as a, as an older kid, oh, yeah, they don't
0: do that <laughs> anymore. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, um, so that's what's happened to your dad. That's why he's the bitter husk of a man (laughs) It's because that, you know, it's like it became his rosebud.
1: (laughs) But, uh, you know, then I can't remember anybody else's reasons for picking up the flute. But uh, the reason I played the flute in high school was because I knew I was going to get picked on and I wanted an instrument I could swing in a fight.
0: Oh, good Lord. Something wrong (laughs) with you. Hey, before we jump in there, I realized I had some emails I wanted to read ahead of time. So we're going to do that now. Right before we jump into uh, Brainy Smurf, so Brainy, I hope you don't mind. Um, uh, Let's see here. Um, This is a short one from uh, listener uh, Carbonite Man. Okay. He says, by what time can we send an email in? Why do I feel like I've asked you this before? (laughs) Um, You didn't make it in time. But uh, yeah, sorry about that. Um, oh, listener Bob. Okay, no, that's not the right one. I don't want Should that. Should we one. pick a
1: time and start saying, "Okay, we're not going to record before eight p.m. Mountain." I don't know. Okay, that's that's more that's, more structure than you're comfortable with.
0: <laughs> yeah. If I manage to send the emails out on time, which I'm I'm supposed to be sending the weekly emails out on Wednesday then that would give people two days to, to put stuff in. So okay. it's my fault because Joey wouldn't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, listener It's M, your fault because I'm the blame. Listener M sent in an email. He says, hey, I like the scheme you guys came up with to make Joey sound like crap. <laughs> <laughs> if you want the podcast to sound better, we need a bit of help from you all. I bet if you had the Kickstarter project up, it would be Funded already. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um, he continues, I mostly agree with John. Moriarty is smart and is just playing Sherlock. Um he just looks dead. Also, we see Sherlock jump off the building and we see him fall. However, we don't see him land. Why no mention of John getting knocked down by the guy on the bike? Someone prevented John from seeing Sherlock land. Sherlock had a plan to survive jumping off the building, probably with Molly's help in providing a fake Sherlock body, which I think we mentioned that. Yeah. By the way, I have a friend who is a mortician, so I could probably come up with a body if I really needed one. <laughs> By extension, I think he means you and I as well. Yeah, You know, just because, you know, he's so close to us in the podcast world. I am um, also interested in seeing. Hold on. I, I, need,
1: I need a minute to process this. <laughs> I, I'm just coming up with all sorts of ideas here. <laughs> I, need, I need to send him a picture of myself. Oh, okay. So you can let me know when somebody comes in that, you know, is a good fit.
0: <laughs> I am also interested in seeing how Sherlock comes back to life. It seems it would be pretty easy to fake your death. There is all kinds of information available from Google on how to do that. You could always create a new identity with not too much trouble. The hard part would be letting people you know learn that you are not really dead. Anyhow, I really like the cliffhanger endings. Congrats to Pete for landing a new job. It should be... Uh, extra easy to tweet with that fancy new macbook air it would be awesome if john tweeted what pete says uh it might be a money maker for you like the account at um stuff my dad says (laughs) stuff pete says (laughs) well it doesn't say stuff yeah i know let me see if i have this straight john is the father of the podcast he is not the podfather correct (laughs) as far as i know the two people who invented podcasting are adam curry and dave weiner Mm -hmm. Uh, they are the podfathers also another great podcast for pete to check out is adam curry's daily source code um how come he doesn't worry about playing licensed music fair use well that's about it listener m I don't know. I've never listened to the guy's podcast.
1: I don't listen to the pod- guy's podcast either, but if if you use small enough pieces, you're certainly covered under fair use. Yeah.
0: Um, let's see here. Mark sent in another email. Uh, hey, guys, since you took the week off last week, I think I'm going to take the week off this week and not write <laughs> much in my email. Uh, Pete is not doing much better tweeting than Joey. <laughs> You should at least tweet when you get the Kickstarter project started until next week. Listener M. Hey, I think I'm doing great so far. I said I would tweet once a week, and I have met that. I have. Okay. Mark.
1: I looked at last week's tweet. Thanks a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: that was good. Uh, Yeah, we'll tweet when the Kickstarter thing. We'll be, like, pimping that thing out so much, man. Yeah, don't you worry. He also sent in a an MP3 file of Hillary Clinton saying the word "delicious." <laughs> I think we'll pass on playing okay. that. But Mark, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. Okay, Brainy Smurf. Okay. Cue Ride of the Valkyries.
1: Dun, da, da, dun, dun, da, da.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good one. You got me (laughs) off guard there. Uh. Uh, What's up, dudes? Thank you for squeezing me nook into the last podcast. Additionally, thank you for using my song, This Is Wrong Tool, for the music. The timing of the talking cues flows perfectly with the tune, and it makes me happy. Next week, Brain Nation, you can anticipate a new musical ditty that will be unearthed to celebrate the holiday. So, happy Halloween to all, and to all a good night. Are we going to be screwing him up because we're not going to be recording on the week <laughs> of Halloween now? I feel bad. I feel bad a little bit. Uh, he continues... He's already
1: jumped to Christmas, though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have we talked zombies recently? I know you dudes probably do not watch much of that horror stuff, and neither do I. But when a TV show demonstrates amazing writing and acting, I will give it a try. Even if that show lacks in space travel and or aliens. And since Trek West 5 is usually a television podcast, I thought it might be relevant to point towards a show that recently broke ratings records during the premiere of its third season. 11 million people tuned into the dramatic debut of a few Sundays ago. AMC announced making The Walking Dead the most watched drama series <laughs> telecast in basic cable history with 15.2 million viewers altogether after reruns. Believe it or not, the show has already set this record at least two other times. So, are zombies that interesting? No. But the storytelling of this show is phenomenal. I would I will not discuss anything to save spoilers, but every week this show continues to impress me. Behind the great acting and the zombie slaughter of Ed every episode is also amazing music, and the show's composer is no stranger to genre TV. Therefore, this week's installment of our Halloween Music Month's Nook of Darkness features the music of one Bear McCreary. In addition to The Walking Dead, and tons of movies and other TV shows, Bear has composed for the Sarah Connor Chronicles, Eureka, The Cape, Caprica, and of course Battlestar Galactica. I really just wanted to give Bear um, some spotlight before we delve into that epic series. In one example that I love of his scoring for this dark space opera, Bear brilliantly employs an an ensemble of traditional Japanese taiko war drums to accentuate the Zero-G Viper dog fighting scenes. This demonstrates a distinguishing characteristic to Bear's style, his ability to lace unusual elements into the framework of his traditional training. In Battlestar Galactica, he wrote a special musical number for each of the major characters, and these motifs develop and mature along with the characters as the show progresses. A few compositions, used later in the series, continue to cause my jaw to drop every time I hear them. Again, Bear incorporates a gritty delivery into a base structure that stems from the golden age of the silver screen. This dichotomy was forged as a result of Bear's teacher, the legendary Elmer Bernstein, composer of the second most well-known western theme, The Magnificent Seven, um, as well as hundreds of other old movies. This unique tutelage provided Bear with a musical edge that reflected his teacher's old-school Hollywood style. When RDM and uh, it's uh, Ronald Moore and David Ike approached Bear to score BSG, they had no idea what they wanted. As Bear describes it, they actually only knew what they did not want. They did not want the same old crap. A sentiment which kind of defines BSG in many ways, from development to camera direction. This motif of defiance shadowed many aspects of the show even before it was up and running. Such things will be discussed much more in the future, but for now, get ready for Bear, one of the best-kept secrets in the world of scoring and soundtrack. Yeah, I'm going to just finish this out. Despite the ample warning of today's email, I did not have time to rent the movie for this week's podcast, but I can't wait to hear the Overlord's take on Groundhog Day. Bill Murray's seventh best film. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Oh, and it wasn't being filmed in PGH. What's PGH? I don't know. Pittsburgh? Maybe. Okay. But The Dark Knight Rises was. And it was weird to see Heinz Field on the big screen later, dudes. It was even weirder to see the actual um players from the Pittsburgh Steelers in the movie. I was like I was just like wasn't even paying attention to the players and I was like wait a second is that Roethlisberger <laughs> wait that's Heinz Ward <laughs> what's he doing returning a, a kickoff uh he finishes off as we safeguard the last bastion that prevents Christmas from melting out into the summer merry Chris- uh merry Halloween to our bene- uh, benevolent overlords interns both Aaron and M and our czar and Bracer or Brainy Smurf. All right, Brainy, thanks very much, man. You did a yeah. good job. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. I one of the things about Battlestar Galactica that I really loved was its music. Okay. I thought it had a great music. I love its intro. It's haunting. It is really, really good stuff.
1: Yeah, I I really enjoyed that because I I don't know as much musical theory as I'd like to. Like I really enjoy music. I I in my head i i have a running soundtrack for my own life but i don't know the, like, the the theory behind it and so to hear you know the like him talk about the points that came from this te- this teacher and you know the styles that inherit and things like that that was kind of interesting
0: i'm excited to hear him talk about the thing the the music scores that he mentioned that he loves so much yeah so brainy make sure you bring that uh, up when when we get to those various episodes All right, uh, how about Joey's Culture Corner? Okay, for Joey's
1: Culture Corner, we're going to talk about the movie 1201. This is, uh, it's actually, it was made for television. I believe it aired originally on Fox, and it stars Jonathan Silverman. And it's got a similar theme as Groundhog Day. Uh, There's a, a science experiment that has gone awry, and the main character who happened to be adjusting his alarm clock at 12.01, receives an electrical shock at the same time that the science experiment goes badly, and time starts repeating. He The electrical shock knocked him out of the loop, and so he can remember, but no one else does. Okay. Uh, it's based on a, I think it was a Heinlein novel. Might I might be wrong about that, but I think it was Heinlein. Um, really great Great movie. the The principle, I think, is uh, the big idea, so to speak, is roughly the same as Groundhog Day. Only it happens in a lot more compressed time. So it, the the events of twelve oh one, he resolves the the conflict within about a week. But uh, it, it's really you know take advantage and appreciate the time that you have, and make the most of it because who knows when this is all going to end anyway. Nice but it's it's highly entertaining. It's probably my second favorite movie on the theme that we're that we're going to experience here today. Nice. Okay. I give and it that a That
0: was up. 1201.
1: 1201. Jonathan Silverman.
0: And do you remember what year that came out?
1: I don't. The 90s. 90s, somewhere. okay.
0: Was it was after Groundhog Day? Uh I believe it was
1: actually before Groundhog Day.
0: Hmm. Interesting, interesting. So a possible forerunner. Okay, moving on to the movie. Uh, we are going to be covering Groundhog Day, starring Chris Elliott <laughs> and Andy McDowell, and also with Bill special guest Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, now it's not actually starring Chris Elliott, although he's great.
1: It is by far his best movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know, it's tough. Um he has some other classic ones.
1: You were thinking Cabin Boy?
0: <laughs> I, uh, oh yeah. And it, we'll get to that. In one of our uh listener emails, they asked like what other stuff he's been in. Uh because apparently they don't recognize him. Oh. For those of you who don't know, I uh, I posted up on the Facebook page uh this week, hey, we're going to be doing this and I made the joke starring Chris Elliott because if there's one celebrity celebrity, let's use that term loosely, (laughs) shall we? One actor that I look like in Hollywood. It's Chris Elliott.
1: You do. You do strongly. There is a
0: striking resemblance. If I can manage to find some pictures um, of Chris Elliott and myself that we can post up. It's uncanny. And I've actually won um, Halloween costume
1: just going as your prizes
0: going as chris Elliott, and it just i wore jeans (laughs) and a sweater and a terribly ugly sweater (laughs) and i did the you know the line (laughs) pre-madonnas that's great (laughs) and then i do the the thing where I turn around slowly. And every time I do that, they're like, oh, yeah, you're that guy. I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah. Th- thank you, I guess. Because you yeah. look at Chris Elliott and no one's ever going to say, oh, he's handsome. <laughs> no, no one is ever going to say that. And uh, over the years, I've just come to, you know, just live with it. You, just you, accept you it for what it is. Embrace it now. Yes. Uh, anyway, so Groundhog Day. Good movie. I I love the movie. I I think it's great. It's one of those things I could watch over and over again, Um, which is an odd relationship (laughs) for a movie of a day that happens over and over again. Um, It seems polarizing. Okay. Yeah, it seems to me, or at least the friends that I know, they either love it or they hate it.
1: Interesting. I don't think I... I don't think I've ever heard of anybody saying that they hate this movie. I have. That's unfortunate because this fact, is a fun movie.
0: SpongeBob on the Facebook page. Oh, she that's was like, right. "She did no! it.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: I was like, "Oh, well, sorry." It's one I enjoy, so we're gonna do it.
1: <laughs> well, and I enjoy it as well. This is one of my favorites. Good. I Good. you know it, it's it's clean.
0: It, it's there are lines in yep. it that are just classic now just absolutely classic what is this
1: miami
0: beach (laughs) um okay let's get started uh so we begin with the clouds as the intro i don't know i guess why not what uh, what else are you gonna do and we have um bill murray whose name is phil Phil connor's phil connor connor's connor's connor's
1: phil connor's
0: yeah um, and he is a weatherman out of Pittsburgh, Channel 9 Pittsburgh. And he likes to think of himself as a big deal. <laughs> he is a big fish in a little pond, which I don't understand because Pittsburgh's a pretty decent sized city. Yeah. And, you know, he wants to move up, he wants to get to something bigger and better. Guy's a jerk, looks down on everyone. <laughs> but aside from that, one of the things that struck me as I was, as we started this up, I've never thought about what it would be like to actually be a weatherman. Not necessarily a meteorologist. But a weatherman. But a weatherman. The two aren't necessarily the same. Right. There sure. are times when you have the guy doing the weather who is not, not a meteorologist. A meteorologist. <laughs> yeah. He it's is a just reading face. what yeah. is up on the prompter. <laughs> um, and, But then there are other times where the person is a meteorologist and they know weather. They understand
1: So so the weatherman that you and I ran into at Best Buy. Oh sure, yeah. Was he is he a meteor meteorologist? Or I is he just believe
0: that he is a meteorologist. Okay. Um he's been doing it a long, long time. Um so yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. I think he's their senior meteorologist. He does okay. the evening news for them. Um the two news oh, wow crap, I forgot his name already. Str- Storm? Storm <laughs> No, no, his name's not Storm. That's <laughs> just a terrible nickname to give a weatherman. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> but, I mean, think about it from this perspective. Everybody has a job. For the most part, everybody probably does the same basic tasks over and over again. There's going to be some variations from time to time. But for the most part, it's a repetitive thing. He has to do a repetitive thing with the weather. Over and over and over again. How do you manage to make that... Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Every single time. I don't... I feel bad now because I... Eh, I'm, you know, guilty of saying, Oh, good Lord, this is terrible. <laughs> you know what? That poor guy is just probably out of material. The well has run dry <laughs> for him. And he just needs a fresh start somewhere.
1: You know, I... I uh one of the things I thought about when I first started watching this was a few years back when I went to uh, San Jose on a business trip and I turned on the weather and the weather man, probably the most depressed looking person <laughs> I've ever seen on broadcast television, standing in front of the blue screen going, it's 65 here and it's 65 here and it's 65 here, folks. Oh, and guess what? 65 over here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and it made me think, wow, yeah, that's true. The West Coast has got to be like the worst place <laughs> to be a weatherman. <laughs> Cause no matter what it is, it's fairly constant. There's not a lot of variation.
0: Yeah. And even to, I mean, there's a little parallel there because the weatherman's got to, he's doing the same thing over and over yeah. and over again. Anyway, it made me realize I need to stop being so much of a jerk and, you so know, stop mental. judging on the weatherman. He's actually probably got a really tough job to deliver that weather in... An entertaining manner. Yes. Something that isn't going to put people to sleep. Yeah. And so, a little realization. I I grew ten sizes this day. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. So,
1: I, you know, I, I was wondering... How do people learn to read the uh, the weather symbols that they put up on the maps? Like they have the blue line and the red line, and they have different shapes to them and stuff. Like, where do you? Is that a skill you just you watch it enough and you figure out eventually what he's talking about? Or? I think so.
0: They they reference you know a cold front. Well, that would make sense that it's the blue line, right? And the arrows are kind of pointing in the direction that it's going to be going. Okay. I don't know. I maybe there is some standard meteorological um, uh, set of icons that they can use to draw from that are like shared across the board.
1: Well, it, it seems like there probably are. I mean, I, I the the symbols that he's using look somewhat familiar to me, but I don't actually watch the weather on TV. If I want to know the weather, I usually go on the internet and look. So I, you know, just watching this, I think this is probably the most experience I have with watching a weatherman give the weather is watching this movie.
0: (laughs) Plus the guy in San Jose can't forget him. Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay. So Phil is off to Punxsutawney, which is where the groundhog, um, is supposed to come out. Punxsutawney Phil, he's going to come out on groundhog day and he's going to see a shadow or he's not going to see a shadow and forecast whether or not, We'll have, you know, more winter or less winter. Um, And then I realized we should have done this on Groundhog Day. (laughs) Or at least Groundhog, you know, week. The week of, yeah. uh, Someone mentioned that to me. I was like, wow, I really did not think of that.
1: I didn't think that
0: all the way through. Nope, we sure didn't. So sorry about that, folks. Uh, Maybe we'll rebroadcast it on... (laughs) Groundhog Day, <laughs> Day and make you guys suffer through we something. We just repost this every year. <laughs> <got Groundhog> Day. <laughs> oh, we're like those two annoying guys on the radio, man. <laughs> it just it's seems cold spinning, out it? there. <laughs> what is this, Miami Beach? Uh, okay. Um, okay. So we come to find out, Phil hates it there. He does not want to go to Punxsutawney. He hates everything, right? Yes. He's he's a generally unhappy, miserable man of his own making. Um, And he wants to leave the station. And he has no qualms about telling anybody that. Yep. Uh, He is a jerk. Treats people terribly.
1: In, In a little bit in the character Phil Connors' defense, holidays are stupid. And it's okay to hate them.
0: Yes, this coming from the voice of Joey Smith, ladies and gentlemen. You should feel free to disregard everything he just said.
1: I, You know, we got Halloween coming up, and I just... It's awful. It's absolutely terrible. I hate holidays.
0: I got thinking about it. I don't think there's a single holiday I like. That would be the sound of a man without a soul. <laughs> what is wrong with you? How can you not like holidays? The... Granted, uh, I you know there are some that are a little more silly than others, but like Halloween, no, Halloween's Halloween's a staple. Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, I could do without New Year's Day. Don't tell anyone, but I could probably do without the Fourth of July.
1: Like I'm okay with the Fourth of July in principle, as long as we were to actually you know spend it talking about the Constitution, the founding fathers, and the and the creation of our country. You know, I would like that. That would be a good holiday.
0: Parties at Joey's house are totally boring nobody go he's just gonna sit there and discuss the constitution with you
1: we'll have a lecture maybe we'll get david mccullough to come
0: in the holiday lecture series presented by joey smith that's your new podcast dude you should do it starting in the new year joey's gonna have a lecture series for all of the uh the holiday this is gonna be awesome saint patrick's day valentine's day arbor day uh, Memorial Day, day. you Memorial can't hate day. Memorial Day. day. No, I don't hate Memorial Day, but All again, right.
1: it's not one that we like. There's not like yeah, the classic kind of, Memorial Day party, right? I mean,
0: yeah, we just kind of get the day off. Yeah, maybe have a barbecue out in the backyard, but we do
1: spend some time, hopefully, thinking about the troops, right? About the people who fight to serve and protect us. Oh,
0: that's what? Oh, yes, yeah, of course. I mean, that's the big deal. I,
1: I, I'm it I'm is. okay with I'm I'm okay with the principle on some of these holidays of. Oh, let's take a day to stop and think about things that normally we take for granted or that we don't really consider.
0: What about Easter?
1: Again, if it were a purely religious holiday, Jesus. Yes, I would be great with that. The Easter bunny is a terrible idea.
0: (laughs) I would really love. I you need to do some research to find out where in the world the Easter bunny came from. Yeah, like I get the whole egg thing. But how in the world the bunny? Easter Bunny got involved? <laughs> I, I guess I am too lazy to go even just look up on Wikipedia. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're, we're going to give this some real thought. We'll, we'll Maybe do we'll, we'll do a, we'll a do holiday... A real- uh lecture series. I'm
1: really going to do something now. All I'm right. going to say this is what this holiday should be and I'm going to podcast about it.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's good. This will be a, like a new segment or something. Or maybe it could be its own podcast. Yeah, it'll be its own
1: podcast. Oh. It only comes out on holidays.
0: Yeah. Oh, this is intro. Oh, We've struck upon something genius here, and we didn't even realize it. And I was just looking for an opportunity to mock Joey. Who knew that could bless our lives so
1: much? It's uh, blessed your life plenty.
0: <laughs> Almost too much. Almost too much. Uh, okay, so uh, they, they all get in the, the van, and they're going to drive on up to Punxsutawney. And they are going to get checked in. So they drive up to the first hotel, and Phil's like, "Ah, ah wow, this is a terrible flea bag." She's Annie McDowell, the producer's like, "No, no, I put you up in this nice bed and breakfast." And he's like, "Oh, all right. Well, you're a good producer. Wait, take care <laughs> of the talent." And then we get the the line from Chris Elliott. Um, I told you about prima donnas or something along those lines. Told you prima donnas. <laughs> um, what is his character's name? I don't know. Larry? Larry? Could be Larry. Let's go with Larry. Go with Larry. Um, anyway, he makes a line at this point. He's like, uh, She says, Is there anything I can help you with? And he's like, Ah, yeah. Could you help me with my pelvic tilt? Uh, tilt. <laughs> okay. I realize this is back in the 90s, but this is like, this is sexual harassment yeah. right here. Yeah. Easily sexual harassment. Now I've just started a new job, and
1: <laughs> and you've already sexually harassed everyone there.
0: <laughs> well, I sexually harassed Curtis. Oh, okay. Um, no, it, it was you know interesting because they made me read this handbook. So, okay, here's you know don't do these things. I met you know one of the owners and he's like, did they did someone go through the big six? Okay, don't harass people based on or don't bring up things based on these you know things. It's you know it's wrong. It's harassment. Whatever. I have seen sexual harassment rampant through this place. Like, there are times <laughs> when I'm, like, thinking, "Gosh, I don't think we should be talking about this. <laughs> and it seems, you know, it's between men and men, girls and girls, guys and girls. It's interesting, just all over the place. And this is a place that I would consider to be a little more professional i'm just surprised by it that's all that's really all i was trying to get at i I, you know there's no other rent there
1: uh, at Novell, they they you guys take it really seriously yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah. because you guys are like open yourselves up to massive lawsuits if you're not careful
1: yep and they i mean you can't even have uh swimsuit calendars on the wall or anything like that
0: yeah you know what would be awesome is if somebody did put up a bathing suit calendar, but it was from, like, the 1920s, <laughs> you know, when they had the full sure, sure. thing. It's got so the our, ladies and legs all covered. there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, moving on, we have Phil waking up <laughs> to the iconic I Got You Babe by Sonny and Cher. And we have the radio guys, you know. Yeah, get your booties and your mittens on. It's cold, cold, cold. Um I don't like this song. Okay. I I don't know about you. I'm just not a fan of it. So I
1: Okay, so here's the here's the story about why I actually I'm okay with the song. I wouldn't say I like it, but I'm not bothered by it necessarily. Um in high school, we had in our shop class you they they took you through different vocations right you spent some time studying all different kinds of careers that you could possibly go into okay and you got points for doing certain things you got like ugh, 10 points for doing it the first time and 5 points for doing it a second time and after the fourth or fifth time you didn't get points for doing it anymore you could spend your time in class doing it but you weren't getting points for it and your your grades would be affected if you zeroed in on one thing sure but I zeroed in on one thing anyway, and that thing was a fake DJ booth that they had set up. <laughs> and I got thinking about this. I'm like, oh, th- this is why I'm enjoying podcasting so much. It's feeding that same kind of beast, oh, okay. if you will. Uh, but uh, one of the songs, so they had a, they had a a machine that had all of the you know, had all the songs stored digitally, and you push a button and you get a song. And what you do is you'd actually record a radio program. Like you'd be a DJ and you'd record a radio program and then they'd play it for the class. And, and you see so you had I think 15 songs you could choose from. And I've got you, babe was one of them. Okay. And so I just like w- listening to this radio program every morning and during in the movie always took, takes me back and I'm like, Oh man, I love that. That was so much fun doing that DJ thing. I just, I really enjoyed it. And that's, you know, it, it wasn't until watching it in the context of podcasting about it. I realized, Oh yeah, that's probably why I'm enjoying the podcast so much and why I'm so anal about the sound quality and things like that is because it's it's I, you know, I'm substituting for getting to be a DJ on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh we've
0: we've got a little record player next to you. So if you feel the need to, you know, kind of spin something, you do <laughs> Yeah,
1: you know. not that kind of DJ. <laughs> oh, oh, oh.
0: Okay. Um So he goes out the door. All right, should we? Yeah, we. I guess we should do this. He he proceeds out his uh, his bedroom door and he meets the big guy uh, coming up the stairs. He's like, "Well, hi! Are you here for Groundhog Day?" He's like, "What do you think it's gonna be? Is it?" When do you think spring is gonna come? I'm predicting March twenty first. <laughs> like, you know, I think that actually is the first day of spring. I always laugh at that joke. I've never not laughed yeah. at that joke.
1: I, I, I actually I really like this scene because this guy I and I can't I didn't find his name. Um every time I see this guy, I think of a show in the nineties. It was probably a terrible show, I'm sure it was a terrible show, but I loved it as a kid herman's head
0: oh okay i I remember the name I, I don't know so the so much the about the, it.
1: the premise was we see this really neurotic character, Herman, and we're watching him go about his day, and as different events happen, they zoom into his head, and they had four people that would play different parts of his personality. They had one person that would play his empathy. It was a, a pretty girl. They had a guy who played his intellect who was kind of this stuffy guy wearing a suit and glasses and everything. Was
0: he British? Was he British? He wasn't British. Oh. But
1: he was clearly like uh, Eastern, like East Coast kind of okay. snooty. Um, I'm trying to remember. What was the third guy?
0: it has got to be a jock in there at some point, so right? So there, the jo-
1: there was a jock who it was played by this guy. The guy that Phil Connors oh, bumped really? into at the top of the stairs. So he, he played, and the character's name was Lust. He played Lust. Oh, I know, I remember what the, the last one was his anxiety. Who's this like really mousy guy who is terrified of everything yeah. and stuff. Anyway, and so there would be this little battle inside of his head of which part of his personality would become dominant to deal with this situation that he was in. And then, so we'd we'd see the little you know interplay between the four parts of his personality there, and then it would go back outside of his head, and he would react according to who won the, the little internal battle. Um, again, I realize it was probably a terrible show because a lot of the stuff that I've gone back and watched from those years was pretty bad. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I always just loved the idea of oh yeah you know the, actually seeing the personification of the different parts of your personality play out, and and seeing this guy who was the character of Lost in Herman's head. I just always get a nice oh, hey, it's that guy. He was great.
0: <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, so he goes down the stairs. He meets the landlady, and <laughs> she just wants to make chit-chat. Another he, scene I always laugh at. He turns into a jerk. He and he's a weatherman. <laughs> yeah. He starts giving her weather stuff, and he stops and says, oh, di- did you want to talk about the weather, or were you just doing chit-chat? She's like, just chit chat, you know this nice little <laughs> mousy lady, um, who's just being nice to her guest. He's a jerk.
1: I laugh at that. I think
0: it's, it's it is funny, but he's still a jerk. Yes. Walking down the street, we see the homeless guy. We'll see him later on, yep. uh, and he's you know pretends you know oh uh, yeah uh, uh nope nothing in my pockets here sorry. <laughs> uh, moves on to Ned Ryerson,
1: played by Stephen Tobolowsky
0: uh great great actor for this part yeah he's the perfect annoying guy
1: you know i didn't realize i don't I don't remember seeing him but apparently he was in both studio 60 and the west wing so.
0: yes he was i
1: don't remember seeing him in studio 60 he
0: played uh straight guys he was he wasn't playing a funny okay funny role yeah i remember him um anyway he is the uh the insurance salesman <laughs> and we have the uh uh the various Ned isms. Bing <laughs> Bing Phil <laughs> Bill? Bill Connors Ned <laughs> <laughs> And uh then he's just trying to get away from him and he goes and he steps his foot into that the icy puddle pothole. and he's like Whehoo Watch out for that first step. It's a doozy <laughs> Um and, uh, classic nedline we we come over to the park area and they have polka music planes.
1: i love that music
0: okay i wanted to ask you do you in general like polka I, music i
1: don't know if i do because i don't think i've heard a whole lot of polka. it's
0: that type of stuff i enjoy that and i enjoy uh
1: the the spoof polkas that weird al does I enjoy (laughs) those. Weird
0: Al in general is good, right? Because
1: he's just going to be funny. You know, it's going to be funny, and that can make up for any lack in the ability of the music. Although Um,
0: the day he turns serious in one of his things, with his like, like I don't know, he goes and starts getting into abortion or something like that, it'd be like. Wait, what just happened? Well the thing <laughs> Did is that our innocents just no,
1: die. No one's gonna know if they should laugh or not, right? Everyone's yeah. gonna be
0: like awkward. Is he being funny or is he being serious? I'm not a fan of polka music. I mean okay. in the movie I get it, you know, it's supposed to be this light fun for atmosphere. Yeah. I enjoy atmosphere. It. The Pennsylvania polka. <laughs> um Anyway, he does the the thing, the report and you know it's the kind of canned person yeah. that you've seen he's a professional he's done this many times he just boom 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 does it he wants to hurry up and get out of this town yep. so they climb in the van they take off the 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 weather
1: well I, I just wanted to stop on on the actual ceremony why do people get so upset at the idea of there being six more weeks of winter winter's the best season
0: Um... Right? Sure, Joey. You don't like winter? (laughs) No! No one ever chooses winter! (laughs) People from Wyoming do. (laughs) Oh, bro. That's because that's all you guys have. (laughs) You don't like winter? I'm not a fan of cold. I hate being cold. Interesting. You're sitting there right now in just a, a polo shirt. I've got on my... Fleece like pajamas, <laughs> socks, a regular shirt, and a heavy sweater right now just to stay warm. And I've got a slight chill, but you know what? I'm not going to stop the podcast to go and get another layer. You know, another <laughs> blanket to put on. I I don't like the cold. Interesting. There are reason people. Other reasons people don't like winter is because it's dark all the time. It's a very depressive time of year. Things are dying. Uh, it's cold, it's darker, longer during the day. It's just not pleasant. I mean, the clouds come rolling in and it looks all gloomy and the rain comes down and no one likes to be stuck out in the rain.
1: Those those are all things I enjoy.
0: Okay, next time it's raining, I'm going to just push you out into the front (laughs) yard and I'm going to force you to sit out there and enjoy it because that's what you love. Okay. And if I don't see enjoyment on your face, <laughs> if I don't see you, you know, rollicking around in the rain, what if
1: I just lay down and, and stare up in the sky with a smile on my face?
0: <laughs> no, because you'll probably ruin something. <laughs> I don't know what, but it'll be something. No, that's sad that you choose winter, but I guess I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I I didn't realize people like. I just no, not many people are going to choose winter when they have things like spring and summer, like. Hey, look. Okay, summer's too hot. Way too hot. Okay, if you choose different areas though.
1: Like, okay, if I could move to Canada every summer.
0: Jeez. <laughs> oh, That's just because you want to be
1: cold more. Here's, here's the problem I have. And I know you've heard me say this before, but I don't think I've mentioned it on the podcast. Here's the thing I don't understand. If it's cold, if I'm cold, I can add another layer and I will be warmer. If it's hot, I can only strip down so much before I get arrested.
0: (laughs) I would rather be warm than to be cold. Okay. I really would.
1: Cold is so much easier to control.
0: I don't know. I don't know. All right. Uh, Okay, so they're headed out of town, and it's starting to snow more and more and more to the point that they get to this place on the road... And they're shutting down the highway because it is—it looked like a, a semi had kind of lost traction. It was covering up the road, and the uh, police officer's like, "Yeah, sorry, dude, that's closed." He's like, "No, I'm the weatherman. This blizzard's gonna push past." <laughs> he's like, "Well, you can stay out here and you got that moisture in your head. <laughs> <laughs> you you know you can stay here and freeze to death, or you can go back to you know Punxsutawney." Punxsutawney. He's like, I'm thinking. <laughs> he hates it this much. Um. Anyway, so the... Uh, there, there's um, a
1: great scene that we only get to see on one loop, which is uh, as they're... I don't know if they're heading back to Punxsutawney or something, but he stops and he uses a payphone. Right. And he's standing there, and this guy walks in with a snow shovel and just bangs him right in the yes. head.
0: <laughs> he was talking about the... Um, the phone line. The phone line, which I found <laughs> odd. He's like, because he mentions the long distance lines yes. are down. <laughs> I don't know anything about the, you know, how the telephone system works. Aren't they all the same lines?
1: Well, what they're saying is that the ones the th- like out the, of in town? the town, yeah, somewhere on the edge of town, there's a line down, so none of the phone calls can leave the town.
0: Okay, all right. I guess, yeah, okay. I guess that makes sense. Okay. But nowadays, it doesn't really translate over super well because of the... Everyone's
1: got a cell phone. <laughs> yes,
0: which I guess, you know, oh, cell service is down. I can't call out.
1: And now we have the first loop.
0: Yes. So we have the radio repeat. Everything is reset back to the beginning of the day. It's at this point I realized, hey, he's wearing matching pajamas. <laughs> As a kid, I had matching pajamas. Nowadays, I hope I'm not revealing too much here. I just sleep in my underwear. Okay. And when I'm, I guess when I'm at a guest house, you know, I sleep in the nude. <laughs> <laughs> no, i kidding. You know, I, I'll take, you know, a, a pair of like, uh, you know, track bottoms and a and an extra shirt and I'll, I'll wear that. But like here in my home, I just sleep in my underwear. Do other people... I
1: have matching pajamas. You do? Because my wife, every year for Christmas, buys our whole family uh, sure. a set of matching pajamas.
0: Okay, yeah, I can get that. Yeah, that my parents did that for us as well, but they only bought it for the kids. Like, mm-hmm. every year there was a, you know, a set of... Okay, you have a top and a bottom that matches. I think one year we all got Star Wars nice. pajamas, right which is awesome. Um, okay, anyway... I've never really, as an adult, worn matching pajamas. I think it's just a little weird. To I would huh. I would feel weird going to bed with this extra layer of clothes <laughs> on me.
1: When you have young kids, it's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just put it that way.
0: <laughs> all right, all right.
1: Unless you're really comfortable prating around in your underwear in front of your kids, which I'm not. Let's be clear.
0: <laughs> My parents, right? Really? Like, yeah, Did? yeah. I, I mean, I'm, it wasn't as though they they got up and then they only walked around. But it was like, yeah, you see your parents in their underwear.
1: My my children have never seen me in my underwear.
0: Wow, really? Really? Like when you're just changing out of your clothes, you've I, never I, I, you've I go sent in my bedroom, out of the door. Room. Yeah. they haven't oh, yeah. ever followed you in. I shut the door. Oh. Wow, wow. I I think that's weird.
1: Probably <laughs> it is me. <laughs> 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 I'm willing to accept that I'm wrong.
0: You just accept it. Okay. Um, okay, so he's kind of freaking out a little bit here. It's <laughs> not handling things too well, uh, because everything is happening over again ex the exact same way. And you know, we you know, he's we see him in the diner, he's kind of freaking out with his producer, uh, Rita. He ends up going to see a doctor who is played by Harold Ramis. Okay. Um. He was in Ghostbusters, but he was also the guy who did this movie. Okay. He was the one who who did this movie. Um. He plays Egon in Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. Ghostbusters, great movie. Love, love, love. I didn't realize that was Egon. Yeah. Okay. Um. Then he goes to see because the the doctor says, "Yeah, I, I'm looking at this X-ray here. I don't see anything wrong. It doesn't look like you've got hit or something." you know
1: no tumors no lesions yeah
0: yeah maybe you should go and although on an x-ray he's not probably not going to see tumors since that's a soft tissue yeah that would have to be something that would come from an mri well
1: sometimes they some, sometimes they actually can see if there's
0: like a big uh, mass or something maybe well if there's
1: if there's the right part of the body and they can get a contrast against it kind of thing
0: mm. anyway he then says, well, you could go see a, a psychiatrist. I love so, this guy. <laughs> we only see him once, which is a shame. I would have liked to have seen him because I really would have he seems like, so uncomfortable and a little neurotic. I, I would have loved to
1: have seen a, a couple days him go back and trying to convince the guy, no, I saw you yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would have been great. But uh, I, he, he has, I think, one of the best lines of the whole movie where he's like, you know, I, I do mostly families...
0: I have an alcoholic now. He's like super excited about this guy's alcoholism. Yes, he is. It's a small town thing. So he's not going to have a a huge array of people with various problems. And being in a small town, probably there's a stigma there. People aren't going to say, yeah, I went to see the psychiatrist. I have a problem. Um,
1: You you skipped over what I think is one of the funnier lines, which is – when he comes downstairs and he asks the landlady or the lady that runs a bed breakfast, do you ever have deja vu? And she says, well, I, I don't think so, but I can ask the kitchen. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was nice. That was sweet. Anyway. So he's seeing the, uh, the therapist there and he's, the therapist is like, well, I'm not sure how I can help you. Uh, and he's like, can I see you later? Can I, see I you tomorrow, how about tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> he just puts a pillow over his head and starts punching himself. Um, anyway, so it's at this point where Phil Connors, Bill Murray's character, brings up the line and he says – I can't remember who he says it to. It might have been Rita. It might have been somebody else where he says, what would you do if you were stuck in one place – um?" And nothing you did mattered. Uh, That's not the exact line. He says it to the two
1: local guys. They're at the bar. And he asks them, what would you do if if you were stuck in one place and nothing you did could actually matter? And one of them says, yeah, pretty much sums up my life. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: And that is really the focal point, the reason of this movie. And I think that there is a good thing that th- this movie does such a good job in portraying the answer to this. Because we're now going to see a series of various events where Phil goes through all of these different areas. We don't know the reason why he's skipping you know, or having to right. redo the, this day over and over again. We never get that. And that's not important. But it is to get across the final point um so it, that was you know it's one of those things that you know just it, it's it's the thing that you should be focusing in on
1: uh i i found an interesting site on the internet where it's talking about it's like looking at movies in a in a philosophical sense and groundhog day is one of the movies that they cover and i'll give you the link so you can post it with the show okay. notes um they they go into a lot of... Uh, they, they talk about stoicism. And I guess that there are some strong links between the philosophy of stoicism and some of the things we see portrayed here in the episode of Groundhog Day. And uh, this this scene of him interacting with these two local guys saying, what do you do if nothing you ever do actually matters? And one of them responds, uh, well, I guess there'd be no consequences. And that's when he's like, oh... Yeah, there's yeah. no consequences.
0: <laughs> Click, yeah. Something changes uh, anyway that that's
1: one of the that's one of the bullet points that they bring up that they mention about this movie. That it, it's just an interesting article. I I don't know that there's a whole lot uh, that we're gonna make out of it, but it's an interesting thing to read. And where they try to put it in the framework of oh, if you ever wondered a little bit about this branch of philosophy, well let's let's look at a movie that maybe expresses some of the principles.
0: Right. Okay. Good. I I'd like to you know look that over myself. So we'll make sure and post that link up there. Um, so we have the drunks who, yeah, I guess they were kind of in a bowling alley, but a bar kind of situation. I I thought I remember a bowling alley in the background. Um, and so they're headed out and the one guy is really drunk. He's like, I probably shouldn't drive. (laughs) So the other guy gets in, (laughs) he's just a drunk, (laughs) drives backwards, pulls forward. He's like, I probably shouldn't drive either. Phil decides to drive. And so now he goes in and he he has his monologue of of various rants that yeah. you know he's going to get onto. He's like, "You know what? I'm not going to play by their rules anymore. <laughs> don't do this. Uh, go to bed on time. Do this. Oh, and don't drive on the railroad tracks." <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot about that. The, the drunk the middle drunk guy says, Well, uh, th- that's actually one I happen to agree with And the other guy says, Yeah, me too. I say sober up real quick. Uh, and so he's driving along the train tracks and he's coming up to the train and he turns to them, and he's like, I bet that guy turns first <laughs> And they're like, oh, oh. <laughs> He turns off of the tracks. Meanwhile he's getting chased by this you know policeman throughout the city small city so you know they're not he doesn't have very many places he can go crashes through the big uh groundhog sign into some cars the police come up and they're like all right sir and he's like yes uh, we'll have uh three hamburgers uh you know two fries money rings uh milkshake oh and some flapjacks too early for flapjacks but- <laughs> <laughs> which is great it was really good uh he then goes to prison or to you know the the jail the lockup day starts over and now he is going to start going through this various series uh of of events um now uh, let's see here Uh, He gets excited about the possibilities. So now we have a series of of things he's just going to start doing. He doesn't care. He can do whatever he wants now. So we see him, you know, pushing Ned out of the way.
1: Um, Doesn't he punch him once? uh, Yeah, he
0: does. I think he might punch him right here at the beginning. Um, He's being happy that somebody else stepped in the ice water. Yeah, okay. Uh, He has that grin on his face like, It wasn't me. He he uh, tricks
1: the one lady into sleeping with him. Um,
0: yeah, I've got them all here. Um, he overdoes it on the food, like a table full of desserts and sweets. Yeah, just inhaling them, smoking a cigarette there, <laughs> drinking Doesn't the care. coffee right out of the coffee box. Yes, <laughs> yeah, um, and then he starts picking up on women. Um, oh, Rita, Nancy, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because he he's gonna be repeating the day, so he starts asking her this question of, "Oh, where were you from? What? Who is your English, English teacher? Etc. Etc. Etc." And so when he meets her again, he's like, "Nancy, Nancy Taylor," <laughs> and he tricks her. He yeah. uses it, you know, for his own selfish means. Uh, you know,
1: it it, like, it got me thinking that that particular event got me thinking about you know. There's a really easy out for her in that situation, which is just to say, yeah, sorry, I don't
0: remember you. Yeah, but apparently that's not what her makeup is.
1: But, like, is that socially unacceptable to just tell someone – you know what, I, I feel no. really bad about this but No, I, that's a completely reasonable that's what, that's what I would do And I just wondered if that's For one once, of those things that I shouldn't a, do
0: That's an okay thing, Joey <laughs> All right. You can just say, hey, you know, I'm really sorry I don't remember I, you I'm
1: sorry, you know what, I've I tried to purge high school from huh.
0: my memory <laughs> Apparently you went with it <laughs> uh okay so we continues on we have him stealing money you know love that
1: bank robbery times out exactly beautiful there's something so beautiful in the casual just he's got every moment down exactly the
0: dog car drives by etc yeah
1: quarters and whoop and he's just off with
0: a bag full of money yes um so he ends up with a fancy car and he's dressing up he meets this woman i don't know who she was i don't know who she was but all of a sudden she's there i told you call me bronco (laughs) (laughs) and he's dressing like clint eastwood um you know he's living life to excesses there is the the point i'm trying to get at he tries to go for rita and fails
1: so my question to you is if you had to guess, how many times do you think he repeated the day before he went after Rita?
0: I don't know. Okay. It's clear he was already kind of attracted to her. Yes. Before. So it's not uh, you so, know, a stretch for him to like, it's not as though all of a sudden he's like, hey, that Rita lady <laughs> sure is hot.
1: Uh, it's interesting because uh, you know I, I saw an interview once, or re- actually read an interview once with is it Zemeckis that directed this?
0: Robert Zemeckis? Yeah, he's around that time period. I don't know if he actually directed this. I think, or not. It, I think it was him. We can look it up. Um, we, can, we take a minute to look it up.
1: I, I apologize. It must have been Ramus that I was reading. I think apparently I got Robert Zemeckis and ha- Ramus crossed. They, they're
0: contemporaries mind. of each other, so it's easy. Anyway,
1: he uh, he said that he had talked to the writer as they were filming this. And he said, "Yeah, I don't know exactly how many days it is, but it has to be at least around fifty thousand times that he repeats the day
0: before he starts going after. No, Rita. no, no. In,
1: in total, around fifty thousand. Just, yeah, it, just based on just based on the skills that he acquires and the timing that he of things that he gets down and stuff.
0: Yeah, it says uh, there were. I don't remember where, but it. I I remember hearing them talk about it and saying, yeah, he was probably in there for years. Yeah.'" This wasn't just a few days, you know, like a month or so. No, he's in there for years, um, going, living through this day after day after day. Yeah. So, which will, in my opinion, 50,000
1: days would be 10 years plus, right?
0: I don't know. I don't know the math on that. That, That's higher math than what we can determine. (laughs) Um, but, I mean, it, it explains why he takes a turn here in in a few minutes yeah. that we're going to see. Yeah. I totally get why he does. Anyway, so we're we're continuing on here with the things that he does. By the way, the uh when he's starting to pick up on Rita, uh-huh. Again, this is his selfish streak here. He's trying to remember he's meeting her up in a bar and he's yes. like trying to remember the each little thing as it goes on and on. He's like uh oh yeah, sweet ver- vermouth with a twist and he's like i I always think of rome yes it's that those interchanges and she's like oh i i always drink to world peace and the like the very last time that he does it he's like oh i i always uh, say a prayer and drink to world peace and so they clean glasses and he's like to world peace then he puts his head down (laughs) and he comes up Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how people cannot laugh at that. that I don't good. understand this. SpongeBob, I'm talking to you directly now. <laughs> how do you not find that scene funny? That is just hilarity. Uh, anyway, he's being selfish. He's going after her. He finds out that she studied 19th century French poetry. He laughs at her. How is that even a major... Like, honestly, like, how does a, a unaccredited univer- an accredited university say, Hey yeah, this would good, be a good thing to give people a degree in?
1: Well, if you're going for basically to be a professor, right? <laughs> you're going to teach 19th century French poetry. I, I
0: guess. I guess if that's the only reason.
1: I'll, I'll be honest with you, Pete. That's my perception of a lot of degrees that people get. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, how did that prepare you for life at all?
0: <laughs> um, anyway, so he tries too hard. Yeah. And he's overdoing it. um, And he loses her every single time. And he starts to go a little crazy at this point. He's starting to tip a little bit. And then we have the slap montage of him <laughs> over and over and over again getting slapped by Rita because she's just not buying it. um.
1: Well, it's because it's because it's not genuine. In that some sense, she picks up on it yeah. every time.
0: Oh, absolutely. She uh, there was. I think it was the television show, um, Leverage, that talks about how you can't con an honest person. Yeah. Because the honest person just walks away. The, you know they don't buy into the hook. She's an, a clearly an honest, good person.
1: I don't think that was Leverage.
0: Yeah, it was. Okay. I'm, I'm confident of it now. Uh,
1: It's also, it's done all the time in the British show. I can't remember the hustle, the British show hustle. I've never seen hustle. They, they, that's actually like a key plot point. Every time is, okay, this is the guy's chance to turn away. If he's an honest guy, he'll turn and walk away at this point. And if he doesn't, then we don't feel bad about taking him for everything he's worth because he's obviously a dishonest person.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's a good summary of it. So anyway, he, you know, it just is going crazy. The depression now starts to set in, yeah, because he's done this over and over and over again, and it's now suddenly becoming not that fun. <laughs> he's done it all, yes, over and over again, and probably to you know various degrees, you know, he's done he's various in depravity combinations. as much as he can, yeah, and and he's sunk himself really. So we now have a series of him being depressed. We've got the Jeopardy game, where he's just sitting there <laughs> drinking <laughs> in his pajamas, answering this, and everybody's like, oh, wow, this is so amazing. I, I like one of the one
1: that he answers before Trebek asks the question. <laughs>
0: um, then we have him stealing Phil, the groundhog. <laughs> and. <clears throat> he, uh, uh, let's see here. Oh, um, so he's heading off and Rita asked the question who would steal a groundhog and Larry's response of, I can think of a few reasons (laughs) pervert SpongeBob. How can you not think that is funny?
1: You know, one of my favorite, actually, actually one of my favorite moments is when we skipped over it briefly is just the, uh, the series of, attempts to destroy the alarm clock
0: oh yeah uh-huh that's right uh,
1: and they zoom and at one point they they like mm-hmm. zoom in on the alarm clock and they have the you know what does the alarm clock would sound like if you were a very very small person this <laughs> really loud whooshing sound and a crash and stuff i just I love that whole sequence with the alarm like because the alarm clock at some on some level comes to represent the repetition it, it, yes. it's it's like almost like this is what's doing it to me and yes. so he's trying to destroy the it's, alarm clock. it's
0: absolutely fundamentally the one constant yes. that happens every single time yep. is that radio
1: and and that like just that pure hatred he has for that radio at one point yeah just really enjoy that is great stuff
0: uh anyway he is committing suicide he drives off and he lands and larry's like well, he could survive that. Boom. Well, no, not now, not anymore. He might be
1: okay, is what he said. <laughs> yeah, might be okay. Uh, well, no, not, now. not anymore.
0: Um, yeah. By the way, cars don't explode like that. You have to add lots of accelerant to make it do that. Um, okay, so we see he starts committing suicide in yeah. various different ways, hoping that this is going to finally end it for him because he's done. He does not want this anymore. He saw it as a fun little thing, but he's over it now, and he has reached the end. I totally relate with this. I know you've talked a little bit about you know, pers- you know, some personal things in your mm-hmm. life. I personally have never considered suicide as a you know what? Let's start considering whether or not this might be a viable thing for me to do right now. I've never really gotten there. But I've certainly thought, man, I would sure be okay if all of this were kind (laughs) of over. That's about it. That's where it stops. But seeing this movie and the way that Phil Connors is portrayed by Bill Murray here, he's done. He has reached the end of his rope, and I understand that. And, you know, I I don't know what this – I'm trying to say, but – it, it's it's beautiful acting here, yeah. For him to to share that, with, it, you with know. All of us.
1: Overall, the the movie as a whole is just it just shows such a it's a great example of the emotional cycle of a human being. Yes, right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, there, there's that that stage of childish selfishness, self centerism, and then as you start to grow out of that and you realize. This is a much bigger world. There's this stage of fear and and I, maybe not for everyone, but certainly for me, of loathing and, and self loathing that you that you may go through, and then you come out the other side of it. Hopefully, if you know if you're if you're blessed and you have the right support group and people around you help you and things like that, you come out the other side of the dark stages and you are a better person for it. And yeah. we're about to see Phil hit that stage now.
0: Yes. So, well, not before he goes through the phase of, I am a god. (laughs) I'm not the god. I'm just a a god. I can't die. I'm immortal. I've tried. I've killed myself hundreds of times, and I have always come back.
1: I like like this line where he's like, you know, everyone thinks God's also powerful and everything, but maybe he's just been around.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we have him... He starts to go around the uh, the restaurant, and he's pointing out every single person in there. He's like, oh, yeah, well, this is so-and-so, and she's from here, and you know she really wanted to go to France before she died. Or, you know, he does that with all of these people because he has seen them so many times yeah. now, um, and he's a little off his rocker. But it's at this point that he does start to change for good. As he's reliving all of these moments, he's like, he's he starts to notice the beggar he gives yep. the the guy cash he's like here counting out a few and then he's like look just take the whole thing you know what? i just do it just take it um he uh let's see here he uh buys food for his coworkers yeah he brings them coffee and some you know danishes for them to eat he then carries yeah, and he asked Larry shot. his opinion, right? Yes. Even though even though it's yeah, like, good point.
1: It's such a it's such a tiny thing. He's like, hey, you know what? If we set up over here, we get a better shot. Larry, what do you think? Yeah, and, and like you can see the difference it makes that in that moment. Larry's like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. I mean, like Let's Larry actually didn't do anything there, right? But to he made him feel like he contributed. To open it up to yeah. him to involve him in that. I thought, you know, this is where we're really starting to see this guy change and grow as a human being.
0: I wonder if I'll ever have that to, for you. No. Not unless you can manage to make me repeat the same days for several years, apparently. No, I was thinking that I would you know, ask oh, for your Euro. opinion <laughs> instead of just dismissing you right out. Uh, okay, so let's see here. Food for coworkers. He starts playing the piano. He wants to better himself. He wants to become a pianist. <laughs>
1: this is one of my favorite scenes where he comes over to the teacher and he's like, hey, uh, I'd really like to learn the piano. (laughs) She's like, oh, I've got a student here right now. I'll pay you (laughs) $1,000. Hold on one second. She boots the little kid (laughs) out. (laughs) It's great. So
0: here's one of the questions that I have. We're supposed to be believing that now he's on his good cycle. Uh He's moving towards he's going to be doing something positive. He has $1,000 in cash. Where does he get that money from? Well, he obviously had it in his pocket the whole time. He had $1,000 in cash.
1: He's a celebrity, Pete.
0: No. <laughs> Here is the only viable reason that we can see him. You
1: think he's going to the bank robbery
0: I think he's stealing <laughs> the money over and over again. <laughs> and he that's how he's paying for this. Because it doesn't really matter. You know, he is... He, he's The money isn't actually going to go away, right. and he's just using it as a tool to gain this skill for a little while. Interesting. Would you consider that okay?
1: Yeah. In in the framework that you just described where he he's convinced that there's no way to ever break out of the loop, it doesn't actually matter. It's not impacting anyone. I'd be okay with that.
0: So we talked in Babylon 5 about doing good... With, like, bad bad intent or something. I uh-huh. can't even remember how we did whether,
1: it. Whether the the intent stains the act, right? Yes.
0: You kind of took the vein that I think Straczynski was saying, which was, it does taint it. And it doesn't make it pure. And it really, it destroys it down the end. In this case, but we see that it doesn't. Again. Again, yes, it's true. We don't know where he gets the money, so no, I no, could no, be no, totally no. wrong on that
1: intent right it's all about the intent and he but he still does point, a bad
0: act to do it you cannot say that stealing money is a good act
1: no 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 you can't say it's a good act but you can say that his intent was not to harm anyone right he he honestly did not believe that anyone would be harmed by his action so it's it, the question is whether <laughs> delusion
0: it's the, cannot be a reason <laughs> No, no, no. I intended for this to be good. I'm sorry that the people just got in my way as I drove through them, (laughs) officer. I was intending, you know, to do this good act down here. I I just... I think that's a little delusional. The reason I wanted to point this out is because I didn't have a good argument back when we did Babylon 5. Now you do? Groundhog Day is my good (laughs) argument. And again, I could be totally wrong. Maybe he just went to the ATM and withdrew $1,000 from his own personal account. I just, back at that time period, eh, maybe they don't have ATMs, you know, in the the early 90s. Yeah, you know,
1: well, sure they did.
0: Yeah, in a small town like Punxsutawney. see what
1: you're saying. Um, Here's why I think he's got the money. Because the robbery happens later in the day. And he's got a huge wad of cash very early in the morning as he walks past the homeless guy. Yeah. I think that's $1,000. See... I think that's the $1,000 that he's using throughout the day.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. That is like, I the, don't know. That's like one it's of the plausible. first things that
1: happens as he leaves his house. We the don't
0: see how much that he hands the, the homeless the guy. guy. But it's
1: a fairly large wad.
0: Yeah, but that could be a bunch of fives. It could be. You know, I could pull out a wad of ones and look like I'm rolling (laughs) and really just end up with, you know, 50 bucks, which, come to think of it, I'd still be kind of rolling. I was going to say, I'd be all right with that. 50 (laughs) bucks. I'd be all right with that. Okay, uh, continuing on, um, he is starting to be nice to strangers. Yeah. He's pleasant to them. Uh, He does the ice sculpting, which we don't actually see. Uh, bill murray doing the sculpting he just kind of uses the chainsaw on the bottom part uh, of yeah of the the ice sculpture so as to not ruin it he is he ends up all right he, he ends up being too nice to ned <laughs> ned buying I, everything i don't know I, I don't know what you're doing or where you're going oh,
1: can you can you cancel it <laughs> can you cancel
0: and he's like <laughs> <laughs> and runs off. Funny, but yeah, yeah, maybe not so nice. Um He helps the old man um over and over, right? Yeah, over and over again, trying to prevent him from dying. He like know, he tries to feed him, he tries to help him, he gives him, you know, mouth to mouth CPR, he still dies. I
1: think initially, and this is just pure speculation on my part, but this is what I like to think about when I watch the movie is that on some level, he has decided saving this guy's life is my way out. This is why I'm repeating. Maybe. And, but then he actually does start to care about the guy. But there's one weird thing about his interactions with the old man that I wanted to ask you about. Um, I thought I wrote it down. Oh, yeah. He calls the old guy dad, pop, and father at various moments. moments. Is that normal to call a complete yeah. stranger dad?
0: An old guy. Pops is, is He calls like, him dad. Yeah, he when he's giving him the CPR. Yep, he does. Come on, dad. Come on, Pops. Don't die on me. I. Uh, that's just... That's normal. Yeah. All right. At that age, you're everybody's father. Uh, all right. Because you're old.
1: <laughs> that's weird to me. It was very bizarre. I, well, watched, have, I watched this movie and you I... You have
0: I, poor father figure <laughs> examples to I look guess. upon. You You are setting the standard in your family right now. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's tough to compare.
1: Uh, you know, I would love to see, this gave me the idea of watching this. It would be, I don't even know how I got from, from Groundhog Day to this idea, but it's at this point that I had the note. I would love to see someone do a TV show where each, each week you see the same set of events. So over the season, you pick an event, like let's say a bank robbery. And over the course of the season, what you do is you see the same event. Each week, you see the same event from a different character's perspective.
0: Oh, Pulp Fiction style.
1: Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a, good, that's a good analogy. There, there was a
0: good Simpsons episode like that once. Oh, really? mm
1: mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't want to say good Simpsons. There was a Simpsons episode about that. <laughs> I remember being, you know. Entertained? Entertained by it. Okay.
1: Anyway, I thought that would be a, a, a really interesting thing to do, especially in, like, the uh, the U.K., Season length, you know, like the 10 to 13 is like a Sure, a, a long yeah, where season. you're going to
0: have, you know, maybe 10 basic stories and then see how they all, all...
1: they, Yeah, they all twist around each other. and
0: Yeah, and then there's some resolution through the last three episodes or something. Yeah, it'd be unique. That would be. I think they tried to do something like that um, on... What was it? Was it Showtime or HBO had this one series where they were seeing everything, like each season... Was the same basic story, like the first season was through the eyes of um, a police officer, and then the. uh, Oh, you're talking about The Wire? Yes, same general concept, right?
1: Except for the the Wire, time progressed each year.
0: But then the next season, season, they still started back with the. No. no. All right. Well, then never mind.
1: because each season, there there are several characters that are consistent throughout, and we're always seeing those characters progress throughout the course of the five years.
0: Then you know what? I I think that's a a good way of telling a story. Write it.
1: All right, you and me.
0: I will be your creative consultant.
1: <laughs> but didn't you just establish on Facebook that you aren't creative? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just For the be purposes of not wanting to go crazy. <laughs> uh yes, I am not creative. Um okay. So continuing on, he starts to do his job well. He starts to care. Yeah. Which it's a little far fetched that he manages to get everybody involved in his report. Everyone's sitting around like with bated breath, like on <laughs> what this guy is saying when uh, really no one really <laughs> knew who he was. But anyway, he starts to do his job well. Um, he catches the kid who yeah. falls out of the tree. <laughs> You've
1: never once thanked me. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> he changes the spare tire. Yeah. Um, he saves the mayor who was choking, gives him the Heimlich, which apparently we're not supposed to do the Heimlich maneuver anymore. What? Yeah. Hit him on the back. Where did you hear that? From medical, uh, reports. Really? Yeah. Look it up. It's a real thing.
1: Cause people break in the xiphoid process. I don't know. Okay.
0: Although, my brother once explained to someone why the Heimlich maneuver was so good. Because when you push into their abdomen, it forces the sulfuric acid in your stomach up <laughs> into the esophagus where it then starts to break down the, food, the obstruction. <laughs> I remember thinking as a kid, like, no, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> that does not sound like what's going that on. there. That doesn't seem right at all. <laughs> but you know, being the younger, you know, brother, and uh, you know, not having a, a medical degree, I, I didn't uh, disagree. Um, he lights the cigarette for that uh, girl, although I kind of think that's maybe a bad act because he's helping her die now okay. because she's smoking a cigarette. Cigarettes are evil. People don't smoke. Uh, he continues on. He plays in the band. You know he's you know he's progressed. He's doing great things. He dances. He saves that marriage of those uh, yeah, yeah. two newlyweds and buys them WrestleMania tickets. <laughs> which how does he manage to actually have the tickets from Punxsutawney?
1: I didn't think about that. Maybe someone in Punxsutawney had some.
0: <laughs> OK, what you didn't see there was me rolling my eyes and I had to move my head so that I didn't hurt my eyes because they were rolling back in my head so far. Um, then we have the auction where he, you know, everyone's bidding on him. And
1: that is the worst idea ever.
0: Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It is. I anyway, never had
1: to participate in one, <laughs> but I hate the idea of them just on the surface.
0: I, so do I. And the reason is because. OK, so Phil gets purchased. By Rita. I'll probably just turn it around. And so she, you know, buys thirty-eight dollars. Three hundred and eighty-one dollars and something. Some amount of I don't know. Uh,
1: That's what it was.
0: Yeah, some amount of dollars. Really, really high number. So he gets purchased, moves on. Who's the next person to come up?
1: Chris Elliott.
0: And Larry comes, he's like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna get up here and does the awkward turn does the awkward turn uh, it's a shame you guys can't see me do that um and no one wants to bid on him and it's awkward silence and some lady's like two bits <laughs> sold for a quarter and he's like who is that oh man the old lady anyway that's what i am afraid of because i look like chris elliott so much that is what i am afraid is going to happen with a bachelor auction i know i'm not good looking look i'm not ugly but i'm not good good looking so i am never going to be a part of them and partly to do because of this movie here so
1: if i ever want to make you really uncomfortable i have to trap you into being forced to do a bachelor's
0: But I will get you back, and I know how to. Touch me? Uh, Well, we could sing happy birthday to him Uh, in a crowded (laughs) restaurant. I could pay a group of people to do an elaborate song and dance number. Yeah? Over and over again.
1: All you really have to do is put your armor on me. That right there. Mutually assured destruction, sir. Just
0: You keep remembering that. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, he buys life insurance from ned um and then it's at this point that the cycle ends and he's you know he's up in his uh, his room with uh um rita and he wakes up and she's there yep and it uh i i think at that moment of release i don't care who's next to me i think i would break down in tears I think I would cry, just sob uncontrollably because the long hellish nightmare is finally over and I can move on. And I would have liked to have seen a little more emotion, but I guess I can live with it because we're supposed to believe that Phil Connors has grown. Yeah. And he is a much better whole person than what he was before. That empty shell of a selfish man that he was.
1: So it's at this point because of the, because of what you just, you just described this as the long hellish nightmare. So at this point. I want to introduce our new segment, the five things. So this, this is, I got this idea from film spotting. I'm unabashedly ripping this off from them. (laughs) Right. Uh, They do a thing where at the end of each podcast, they, uh, one of them came up with a list that says, "Okay, give me your top five things. You, you know, top five things in this category. type five things." And in it's just a ca-
0: random, just yeah, category may not even come uh, uh, have you know
1: anything to do with what yes. you're podcasting about. But uh, so I thought oh, that could be kind of fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, wor-
1: you looked over there, now you got me
0: worried that someone's in the room with us. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Look, I'm like what were you looking at? The unintended qu- consequences that can turn really fun. <laughs> oh, oh, no. No, just a spider, sorry. Dude. No, I thought it was a ninja. No, I was looking at the thermostat. Oh, okay. Cuz I was thinking, "Nah, it's getting a little chilly in here right now." And so I looked over the thermostat to make sure it was still, you know, it's within 70.
1: within human living
0: temperatures. Yes. Sorry, continue.
1: Uh so the uh the, the list that I wanted to do this week was the five things that you would do if you were stuck in a day loop. Now, we talked about you don't have to be stuck in the same place. Because, Phil, that's one unique aspect of what's going on is he's actually trapped in Punxsutawney. Yeah. Which is he, a small town.
0: He can't drive out because of the blizzard that's going to keep him snowed in.
1: Right. And, and so I, I didn't want to introduce that element of it because I wanted I wanted a little broader range in the category. So, Pete, your five things
0: okay i I have five okay um I haven't put a ton of thought into them, but you know enough to be suitable here. They're not in any particular order. they're just five things okay um number one <laughs> thank you, thank you for laughing. <laughs> that was the joke I was going for um bullet point first, hire a personal trainer and get fit and learn how to stay fit. Okay. That includes, you know, the dietary eating because I love being active. You know, I'm a very athletic type of person. I love sports. I'm in general good shape, but it, you know, time has happened and I've, you know, <laughs> put on a little bit of weight and it's not as, I'm not as fit as I used to be. Okay. I would love to get back to that. Um, and so I would also love to learn how to properly manage the way that I eat because i love food <laughs> so much like we went out to lunch uh, as a group at work the other day went to this uh, it's called the himalayan kitchen only in salt lake um it was an indian food place but it was buffet style okay and so there was some good food i went through the line first i you know did the sampler plate kind of thing figured out what i liked Turns out I liked most of it, so I ate the whole plate. I went back for a second plate because I was like, hey, I want to eat these things again in a higher quantity.
1: <laughs> I like the way you
0: put that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it should be rewarded for tasting good, shouldn't it? Yes, really? Come on, people. Uh, so I ate that plate, and then I ate dessert. I was so full. I was uncomfortable at work. That's how much I love food. I come home from work. I will snack and then I will have dinner. I will make room for snacking and dinner because, again, I love eating so much. So I would love to fix that. Okay. okay. So that's, that's the one. Th- that's That's a thing I want to do. Okay. Next thing. Learn foreign languages. Not just one, but in general. I look at various movies and television shows and i see that you know there's this one character who knows like four or five languages and i'm like dang i wish i could be that awesome guy like i really look up to those people i had the chance to learn spanish in high school squandered it thanks to my friend pepe who got me through those classes not proud to admit i cheated but i cheated (laughs) I don't really know these languages. I would love to be able to converse in multiple languages. Okay. And if I have all of these time to repeat, I don't see any reason why I can't pick up several languages. Okay. Um, this one's a little weird, but I would want to go back to Scotland. I figured yeah. out the hours. It works. And you can get I, there could, and... I could work. Yeah. Because you didn't have, you didn't say yeah. I had to travel back. It's just within a 24 hour period. Right. Could you get there? Yeah. And you can get there to Scotland. OK. Um, And so there would be a few places that I would want to go back and visit because of the the strong feelings and memories that I have of those areas. And plus other areas I never really got to see. And I know I want to. So I would love to go back okay. there. If I had unlimited money, I would so have a home in Scotland. I would live there, man. Okay. I would so do it in a heartbeat. You people in the British Isles, you don't know what you have on top of you. <laughs> Scotland's great. Take a look. Um, wow, I just did a PSA there for gonna, Scotland. Gonna say, are we getting I'm, paid for this? Am, yeah, am I on the <laughs> Scottish tourist board here? Um, okay. Next thing, I would relax. <laughs> You'd have to be a <laughs> And I have an this devilish lot. grin on my face because I there are so many computer games that i've never played because i that's not my highest priority in life yeah. it's it's really not uh but i would there are tons of tv shows i would watch there would be other mischief i might get into <laughs> i'm just i'm not going to identify everything that it might be but you know various
1: forms of entertainment
0: you know i suddenly realized I'm going to change my last one here. Okay. Uh, I had written, go back to school and get multiple degrees because I love learning. Um, But that might be a little tough to do. But I'm going to change that. My last choice, learn how to deal with women. Mm. Learn how to properly woo a lady. Because honestly, I, I do not know. I don't have a clue. And that is... Hands down, the reason why I am single, single, because I am just a big old chicken I'm, I'm at gonna heart. i be your hitch, Pete. I don't like to Oh, no, dear <laughs> Lord. Uh, uh, you know, I am in general, I'm afraid of trying new things. But if I have no consequences for my yeah. decisions and choices, I can try all of the various different ways to win Uh, A lady and and practice it in all of its various guises and not be afraid anymore to do that. Okay. That's a good list. Yeah, that is a good list. What's yours?
1: So uh, you mentioned one that is on my list and then you took it off. So one that will remain on my list is getting multiple degrees. I would love to have my JD as well as a computer science degree. JD meaning Juris Doctorate? doctorate. Yes. Uh, Because... I feel like there are a lot of opportunities for technology and law where they meet. There, there's a lot of undiscovered country there right now. Okay, and if I had that knowledge and I and I could go in and say, you know what, I've got my JD and I can I can participate in some of these discussions, help shape law so that it more takes advantage of technology and where technology is going, because in a lot of ways our our laws are backwards around technology. And it's because the guys that are going in and getting their JDs and going on to become lawyers and judges and things like that, as a general rule, don't seem to be really comfortable with technology. Hmm. Okay. Um, Good. But the JD is just one example. I I would love to have multiple degrees out there. Um, Read. I would probably spend a good three or four years just reading things. I
0: I absolutely believe that for me. Uh, I, I probably could have put that on the list.
1: You know, there there is a there is a stack. In fact, one of the bookshelves that we will be moving tomorrow, when it's full, it is full of books I have yet to read that I want to read. Um, I'd like to learn how to paint and draw. Wow, uh, so not on my list. I I, I am I have a brother, uh, my older brother Ben, who is an incredibly skilled artist. He's he's making apparently several hundred dollars, uh, per, per craft item per job, I guess, uh, drawing tattoos and then tattooing them on people. So they come to him, they talk to him about what they want. He gives them several drawings and they say, Oh, I like this one. And I like that part of that one and put it here. And, and over time refines what they want gives them these custom pieces of art and then tattoos it on them. Um, and Please tell me you wouldn't go to him, though. N- no, 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 okay. not at all. Good, good. But I, I would like to. I, like, I've always, ever since we were kids, I've been jealous of his ability to get the pictures out of his mind and, and down onto paper.
0: Um, it's a definite skill that does not exist yeah. with everyone, and it's. I envy those who have it. I'd never want to try and get it.
1: Uh, I'd like to write a novel. Hmm. I have several ideas for novels that I've just never made the time to sit down and and really get them. All fleshed out and, and put them to paper. Okay. And I feel like I would finally have the time to do that. And then this last one, this is like, like horrifies people, I think, but there are several things that I would like to do that I know would kill me if I <laughs> did them. So the way I wrote it down is suicide, but. And, and let me you give, want
0: to try <laughs> various forms of suicide?
1: Let me give you some examples of the kinds of things I'm talking about. Yes, this is weird. <laughs> I would like. To skydive without a parachute.
0: Just, just fall. Just Free fall.
1: fall. Just fall until I hit.
0: Would you want to do like what the guy recently did, which he came from the very, very outer reaches yes, of space? I loved that. That was so cool. Brought to you by Red Bull.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd love to do that. I, I mean, like, I have dreams. Like, I think people, I think a lot of people would say, I have dreams of falling, right? But most people describe them as nightmares. For me, they are incredibly pleasant dreams. I wake up before I hit. Sure. I don't want to hit. I'm not necessarily into the dying part, but I would like to never have to stop falling. I just think that that would be enjoyable. And you know, until you just get down and boom, you're on the ground. One of the, one of the the ideas that absolutely fascinates me, I don't think it would actually work with my frame anymore, but (laughs) they make those flying squirrel suits, you know, that sure Uh people. And there are people who skydive out of the plane with the flying squirrel squirrel suit. And they, as they get closer to the ground, they, break up and they manage to break their momentum and actually like run it out. I don't know I've if you've ever seen a I've never seen someone do I, I, that. I've seen a video of a guy doing it where he, he skydives. He's going down the side of a mountain from 20,000 feet. I don't know if it was 20,000 feet.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: It was like they, they took him up in the helicopter, I think up to the top of the mountain and he jumps out of the helicopter and he's going down and he's following the curvature of the mountain because as he gets closer to the ground, he gets more, more force pushback sure. from the wind he's making mm-hmm. so he's st- he's skimming really close to the ground and he goes all the way down the side of this mountain and then he just kind of runs it out there at the bottom <laughs> of the of the mountain <laughs> that
0: is gutsy right and, there and i'm like you know what you need to do you need to try and find a uh, a video of that to I, post up. I'll, I'll, you, I'll send you, you the one either on the blog or on the, the facebook? facebook group okay. I, I mean you don't need to find it for when we post this but okay it you've got to find something like that dude that's intense
1: um so so there's that there's uh you know i would like to uh basically drown i mean like to just go like there are things that i want to do and i want to do them so long that you would die from it but i don't want to actually die i just want to do that thing that long does that make sense
0: I, I want to back you up on this, <laughs> but you can't. <laughs> I it just sounds like I want to experience all of the different ways I can die, and and that's I just think it's unfortunate that we have
1: to die. Like, can't we just be? Well, immortal? you're not
0: going to though. You're gonna come back because right. that's the rules of this Right, and, that, and that's
1: why I'm saying like under this scenario, I would be comfortable doing all of those things. I'd finally get to do all these things I wanted to try and do them. So long, uh, you know, the idea of eating yourself pretty much to death is. okay
0: <laughs> if someone came to you and said i'm going to promise you the ability and it's someone who you know you could actually believe you know whether it be some godlike being who could say i'm going to make you repeat every day you have the choice to opt in if you want you will live the same day over and over and over again would you do it
1: and I can never There's get out. no
0: there's no promise that you can get out.
1: But there's no promise I can't.
0: It's just like just just Phil. like Phil. But yeah. with a I choose it. Yes. He's come to you and says, I have the power to grant this if you want. You could get out of this. You can't get out of this. Like I, I'm not guaranteeing anything. You're just gonna repeat this day over and over again.
1: You know, before I had kids, I absolutely would have. Um and having my kids now, there are aspects of. uh well, I, let, I
0: can't wait for you to get older.
1: Well, let, let me just give you an example. No, I mean, I'm saying I was actually going the other way. It's like there are things where I'm like, my kids are growing up and I want it to stop, please. <laughs> um, so
0: you would opt in for that then.
1: <laughs> so we, we were at the family reunion for my parents 50th. And I can't even remember what was being talked about. But all of a sudden I hear my daughter's voice from across the room. You know, her her she's got kind of got a high piping voice, you know, a little six-year-old girl, yep. say, I would love to have a baby. And my heart
0: <laughs> dropped
1: all the way down to the bottoms of my feet. And my mom was looking at me and she said, Joey, are you okay? And I said, What? She said, you look like you're about to pass out. <laughs> and and like tears were in my eyes
0: and stuff and I was like, "Oh no,
1: please don't no, stop stop growing up,
0: stop." But at the same time, I know time, I'll rip out your uterus. <laughs> You'll never have a baby.
1: But at the same time, I I do look forward like the the relationship I have with my daughter now from when she was 3 years old for example. It's so, it's so much more fun now because she's at a level where I can talk with her and I can share certain things. And and I look forward to, as they get older, to a certain extent, you know that, that relationship continuing to grow and blossom. And because of that, I would not accept that offer without the guarantee that I would someday be able to get out. Now, if there were a guarantee that at my choice, I could certainly get out, I would probably spend 10 or 15 years in each day. Yeah. I mean just I would want to live each day until I had that day down perfectly.
0: Uh here's the weird thing. Phil Connor at the end, he's doing things, he's awesome, he's saving everybody. At a certain point, even being awesome starts to get old. Yeah. Now, I want to believe that there is some sort of higher power that is never explained and we never see who is pulling the strings and getting Phil to this point that he can grow up and become a you know, worthwhile, a whole uh, person. Yeah. A whole person. Good. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. And that he finally gets to the point, the end where he really has become that, you know, someone granted him that gift to be able to, to really grow out of that selfishness. I think I would go for it. Uh, Okay. So let's look forward to that series. That, uh, that new um, segment segment. That's the word. That uh, we're going to do at the end of uh, each podcast. Um, so who knows what will be next week. You'll have to... Or next podcast. Next podcast. Tune in and see. Um, I do have listener okay. comment. What do we got? This is Bob. Okay. He's written in and said, I hope that you have had a great week. Today we have had the pleasure of two things taking place. The Festival of Eid, which... I hope I pronounced it right. E-I-D, which commemorates the pilgrimage to Mecca and the new Bond movie.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, you wait. Sorry.
0: Those two aren't related to each other. The Festival of, of I does not commemorate the pilgrimage to Mecca and the new <laughs> Bond movie. I you needed, a, you needed a I needed a comma in there, Bob. <laughs> I needed you to put a comma. So it commemorates the pilgrimage of Mecca. New thought. And the new Bond movie, Skyfall, is coming out today.
1: Which opened um, in London first. Yeah. Because.
0: The, the jerks. Cause they, cause you know it's, why? Yeah. It's 007. It's no, theirs.
1: Specifically, it opened on the day it did because it was to the day, the 50th anniversary of the opening of the movie Dr. No in London. The first oh, Bond film. Oh,
0: I see. Okay. All right. Well, that's okay, too, I guess. He says, I may try to catch it this evening if SpongeBob looks after the kids. Uh, Good luck with that. (laughs) So, you have chosen Groundhog Day as the movie of choice this week. Actually, I know he saw it because I read some of his Facebook posts. Okay. I know he's seen it. Did he like it? He's not sure about it yet. Okay. Okay um uh, chosen the ground of movie of the week i will be doing this retrospective from memory as i haven't seen the film for a few years and am too lazy to look it up on wikipedia <laughs> the last time i saw this i watched it with the commentary from harold ramus which i enjoyed very much here are some notes he really got a great performance out of bill murray I'm not the biggest fan of Bill Murray, but he is funny and tragic in this film. I prefer him in comedies to the more serious stuff. Chris Elliott is the unsung hero in this film. (laughs) What else has he been in? Anyone know? Okay. So, yes, I do know. Um, Aside from Groundhog Day... He was in Cabin Boy, which he was the actual starring <laughs> the lead. lead. L- literally
1: was the lead, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wasn't that a terrible movie, though? It is, and I laughed so much through <laughs> it. Um. Oh, shoot. Now I just blanked on the other movies. Um. Of course, one of the famous ones, Um. there's something about Mary.
1: Oh, I didn't know he was in that. Yeah, he you actually... You've never seen that one.
0: Yeah, he. I won't give it away then. No, you, you're not going to see. He plays the part of... Um, ben Stiller's friend who actually was Mary's boyfriend or went out with her he's like this crazy guy loves her shoes he's a nut job he ends up with hives at the end of the movie because he's so crazy um, and it a good role for him he's done a lot of stuff I think he did a stint on Saturday Night Live maybe I know he's done a lot of stuff on uh, the David, uh, David Letterman's The Late Show okay he was also in a groundbreaking—not groundbreaking—but it's one of those movies that ha, uh, TV shows that had this cult following back in the '80s. That was Get a Life. I doubt you would have heard about it. It's like a one or two season wonder. He plays this guy who lives at home with his parents, and he's a paper boy. You know, but he's playing someone who's in his 30s okay. as a paper boy, okay. and it's just this ridiculous, you know, <laughs> set of storylines it you know was canceled i really think it only went one season um let's see here what other movies has he done
1: do you want me to look him up on imdb
0: yeah that might be fun
1: uh how i met your mother he's currently in
0: apparently. okay probably um, a little bit role there he, i know well, he's he did been another in quite bit, a few episodes i know he's done uh, some bit roles on um everybody loves raymond okay yeah he played uh, raymond's brother-in-law again crazy guy he usually gets the crazy guy role, like the someone who's not too stable.
1: Uh, apparently he was on King of the Hill, one of the voice actors on King of the Hill. The character Chris Sizemore?
0: No, that's Who, a that's a bit thing again. Okay. That's okay. not one of the main So it's ones. five years, though. Oh, well, King of the Hill went that long. Oh,
1: I thought they only gave him credit for the years he was in it. There's not a whole lot here, Pete. I think he kind of hit his, his career highlights there. Crap. He,
0: I was really expecting him <laughs> to be so much more awesome. Uh,
1: he was in the movie The Abyss, which I don't remember him in that movie, although I've seen it a couple times. It's a pretty good movie, actually. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, in fact, that has a guy drowning in it. <laughs> that Like drowning and surviving at the same time. I don't know if you're familiar with it at all. Um, he
0: drowns he, and lives at the same time. So
1: he's going down into the abyss, uh, you know, the titular abyss, the eponymous, one might say, abyss. Um,
0: yeah, all things I have no idea what you're talking about, but but continue.
1: So uh, it's all under the ocean, and he's going to go down into this this really deep trench. And in order to go down to the bottom, he can't have any oxygen in his bloodstream uh, because the, the pressure would crush him something i can't remember the science behind it and so he has to
0: (laughs) we'll use science in quotes there everyone
1: (laughs) they fill up his his tanks and stuff with an oxygenated liquid
0: oh okay sure yeah i've heard about this and
1: and he has to like basically drown in the liquid. i mean like it's like super super painful watching him you know clearly the actor does a great job of like i am breathing liquid and that's uncomfortable (laughs) But it is, you know, it's giving him the oxygen he needs in, in order to survive. So he's drowning and surviving at the same time.
0: Boy, that Chris Elliott's an amazing guy. <laughs> I don't think it was Chris Elliott. Oh, that he didn't play that. that role. Okay. All right. Sure.
1: Okay. Now next listener comment.
0: No, I think we're done. I don't think we have any others. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Uh like you said Carbonite Man was going to try and send something in but he didn't. So. Okay. Um
1: well, to be fair, you didn't give him
0: enough warning. I did not. I did not. Uh anyway, I wanted to end with this last line uh for me just because this it's not about, you know, Phil just becoming, you know, he's got more skills in life now. He as a person has changed from being selfish, self-centered to someone who cares about other people. And it says his line there where he says, is there anything I can do for you today? Hmm. That now is going to become the defining quality for Phil Connors. He's going to say myself, I am not the most important thing here. There are other people who may need something more. Is there anything else that I can do for you today? And, you know, God bless those people out there. There needs to be more of them. I know I'm not one of them. I know you're not one of them. We're not terrible people, but we're not those. Yeah, people. Yeah, we're not that guy. Um, so that's why I, I the humor, the real change that comes over him that I believe everyone else can make in the world if they try. That's why I love Groundhog Day so much.
1: Yeah, and and as I mentioned, for me, it's uh, it's it is watching that whole range of human development that Phil Connors goes through, and and thinking about yeah okay you know there are parts of my personality maybe that should should be discarded that should be and if i had the time to just sit there and work on personal improvement maybe i maybe i could get there someday yeah uh did you give a rating for the movie
0: yeah i uh i wrote down nine yeah i would give it a nine as well yeah it's really good
1: one of my favorites well that brings us to the end of another episode of the home star me presents trek west 5 We hope that you've learned something, had some laughs, and we always invite your comments to our email at trekwest5 at thehomestarmy.com. Or you can tweet us at hashtag trekwest5 or call and leave us a voicemail at 801-788-4913. So until next time, I am Joey.
0: And I am Peter. And thanks for listening.